So late last night in Los Angeles, the uh, Lakers won, by the way, against Memphis. Paul Gasol had his number retired. Yes, and they had jerseys, not T-shirts. On the chairs, jerseys. Does it seem, I know the connection with Kobe, and Kobe went to bat to have Paul Gasol and his number retired. Does it, when, like, I was watching the highlights this morning, and you have George Mikan up there, 99, <laughs> Wilt number 13, one row directly below it is Kareem's 33, and then below that, a little bit to the left is Shaq's 34, uh, and then to the right of Kobe's 24 is now a number 16. He won two titles there. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't almost think of him more as a Memphis a gri- Grizzly, as a Grizzly yeah. compared to a Laker. Does it, does it seem odd that when you go now to a Laker game and you look up into the, the rafters and on the wall, that there's a number 16 in Paul Gasol that is retired as a Laker? A little bit. I, I I thought it was a tad overblown, and I kind of joke that typically when you see theme nights or special nights, whether we're talking about a blackout or a whiteout, you know, you put the T-shirts on the chairs, that they actually had Paul Gasol jerseys. And Authentic, because we know that, that crowd, I mean, they... I need the handouts of an authentic jersey. I couldn't tell, but I was like, wow, good for you on the budget. I'm sure those aren't cheap. Now, were they like the cheaply made jerseys? I don't know. I I need to feel the material. I need to feel the material. But, yeah, for a guy that, was it a a 17-a-night career player? And when you think of Lakers lore, how many people... I don't think of him. Right. How many people go to the name Pau Gasol when you think of... Some of the most impressive, even the Kobe and Shaq years, like the most impressive Laker teams, and you immediately go to Pau Gasol. Like, I was a bit surprised by that. I was a bit surprised that they were having this big, just total blowout of a night for Pau Gasol. Good for him. A big reason is Kobe said that your number will be retired. It's just when I look at the Lakers that just rattled off, I don't think of Paul Gasol having his number sitting right next to Kobe. Like, no, I don't either. At that point, the Bulls and Spurs can retire his jersey, too. Do it, the same it, thing. Could we put Fletch in there? I feel like Fletch has... I mean, that afro more of a, made him more, Fletch has more of a connection than what Pau Gasol. But, yeah, it, it was weird to me. I, I just... I, I found myself thinking that last night of, man, maybe I've really overlooked the significance of Pau Gasol in a Lakers uniform. You know, not being out in L.A. Maybe it's talked about a lot more, and he's a lot more connected and highly regarded amongst the fans as a great Laker that would, again, be signified with having your number there. I just He was great, was, but they was, didn't win those two titles because of him. I mean, he was part of it. He was a big part of it. And but 24 was, he, he was the dude. And he's worthy of a jersey. East. Everybody got Pau Gasol jerseys. Just, again, that baffles me. Mm. How many of them were wearing them? When did they retire Vladi's jersey? I mean, if we're going to do this. <laughs> Mark Matson. We're going to get a D'Angelo Russell night? Maybe. Devin George. Hmm. Will we ever get a number three for Anthony Davis? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, last, hey, he's balling right now. 
Uh, last night, more uh, tickets were punched to the NCAA tournament. By the way, there'll be a lot more enthusiasm. I mean, there already is, but there'll be even more because next year uh, the NCAA tournament's back in Omaha. Uh, Gonzaga last night blew out St. Mary's, so they've won the WCC 10 of the last 11 years. There will never again be a Gonzaga. Never. A mid-major program that really is not mid-major. Their budget says they're not, but they play in a mid-major conference that has had as much success as Gonzaga has without winning a national championship. Like the Creightons have moved on to the major high, you know, power six conference. Wichita State has moved on to another conference. There will never again be a Gonzaga. And Gonzaga in the next couple of years could be in the Big 12. Right. So yeah. that yeah. that that's never going to happen again that a program like Gonzaga will be like that in mid-major basketball because anybody like that in the future will be gobbled up by a yes. power conference. Um, but watching the game last night, and if you want to do this to yourself. They're going Hunter Salas. No, I, oh, okay. uh, I'm going to get there. Okay. But there's a lot of chatter this morning that Gonzaga now is a two seed. Are you going to let yourself mm-hmm. drift to Gonzaga will do it again? They'll be on the second weekend. A lot of brackets out there. The bracketologist. Creighton's a six. Gonzaga's a three. And they're matched up in the second round if they both get there. Did you did you let yourself go there last night when they won by 26 yeah. over St. Mary's and drubbed St. Mary's again? Ooh, if you want to compare and look at St. Mary's metrics to even Nebraska's metrics, have fun with that and call a talk show. You'll be very irate. Just trust me. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Hunter Salas, so Hunter Salas, who is not the score, anywhere, anywhere close to the score that he was when he was playing at Millard North. And, and I'm a little bit surprised, but not necessarily, because that's one part of his game that I, I thought would take longer. Now, he is a really good defender, and that's kind of what they ask him to do at Gonzaga this year is to go out when you get on the floor, come off the bench, and you are the the guy that's going to be a ball stopper. Are you comfortable with that role? The roster is going to look a little bit different next year, and you know Hunter may have options. He may decide come back home, call Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, and say, "Hey, you know what? All those trips you made into Omaha to recruit me, I'm leaving Gonzaga," or there's going to be spots that open up at Gonzaga that, you know, maybe his game expands. He'll be one to watch in the offseason. There is no doubt about that. But his offensive game, so I looked this up. What would you say in his two years he has averaged at Gonzaga point total-wise? Six points. So this year he's at four and a half. Mm. On a much deeper team last year, he was at 4.3. Yeah. So you're not seeing a big uptick right there. Now, minutes-wise, averaging what, about 15, 20? About, in about the 15-minute range. Yeah. Mm. Hasn't shot it well from beyond the arc. But he's he's, he's going to be one of their better defenders. Um, and, you know, I think what his his bucket last night was an up and under. Yeah. Just an interesting two-year career out of Gonzaga. I, 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 I'll, watch, I'll watch him when the season is over, what he decides to do. Because I he, he didn't want to stay there and come off the bench again. I can tell you that. But is he going to go somewhere else and all of a sudden be a double-figure scorer? His defense will travel. He's a really good on-ball defender. But I don't know if he'll ever be a double-figure scorer in college. Yeah, and the conversation would probably... 
I know here locally, you know, would he Nebraska come back to Nebraska? You know, come back to the state of Nebraska, but also Nebraska, Nebraska right? Where, if you look at what Fred is trying to adjust a little bit, there's obviously there's good use for somebody that can defend at a high level. Would you think that maybe having now two years at the Division One level at you know, the, the big boy level two with a place like Gonzaga where you're around dudes that you come back with a little bit more of a well-rounded game that the scoring part of it maybe comes back, maybe not necessarily to the tune of like he's averaging 14 or 15 points, but if you can get a high-end defender and a guy that's right on sort of the the cusp, maybe around, you know, the 9 to 11 point a night uh, type of performance, especially in the Big Ten, how that could be extremely valuable. Could he provide that type of offense? Could he give you, again, not gaudy double-digit numbers, but you could maybe get into the 9 to 11-point scoring range with high-end defense? Um, I, don't, I mean, that would be ideal. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be a double-figure scorer in college, wherever he is, whether he stays in, you know, stays in Spokane for a couple more years. I just... I, I don't know that, that that part of his game has not translated to the college mm-hmm. level. But change of scenery, who knows? Right. That's all I'm, I'm, I also I'm bringing know, up. I is, also don't know how Gonzaga feels about him because next year there's going to be spots open in the starting lineup for him. Do they see him you know, as someone that all of a sudden in year number three is an integral part of their starting five that also because he'd need to score? Yeah, he'd need to be a little bit of a scoring punch. Now, the formula at Nebraska has been found by Hoiberg. The locker room comes first. Mm-hmm. You got to find good leadership, and then move forward. And then you hope those leaders are some dudes that are pretty important minute getters, right? Like a Greasel and a Walker who completely changed their locker room. That's the formula that Fred has found. And Fred also, even though they've been on a little bit of a heater offensively of late, they've made a commitment to defense. And they said, you know what, we can make defense portable. Mm-hmm. And if you're following that, all of those would fit in with a guy like that coming back to his home state. But again, I don't know if Gonzaga sees him as a priority for next year and says, all right, bear with us. You've played a lot of high-level games. Yeah. Now it's your opportunity. Right. Because we thought maybe it was going to be his opportunity this year, and it hasn't come to fruition. You bring up Greasel when he made the – the changeover to Nebraska, leaving North Dakota State. It was very outspoken about his passion for Nebraska basketball. And you could see that his presence was going to be a welcome one from Fred Hoiberg. Not just what his experience on the floor, but what he sort of represented. And this is where I don't know Hunter well enough to say he's going to bring that same type of enthusiasm or energy that, that Sam Greasel brought. Which, going back to the importance and the culture of the locker room that Fred has kind of found something in this year. Would Hunter South, would would his overall personality, based on what you know, would it be similar to what Greasel brought with that passion and enthusiasm, or is it a little bit more subdued, just you know, based on the type of person he is? Because I think what Sam Greasel's presence was, I think it was infectious and it was contagious. Does, does Hunter still have, does he have that, I shouldn't say, still does he have that impact? Because I honestly, I don't know. I'm just asking. Uh, it's never been an issue. Again, whoever Nebraska, you know, they do with their roster, uh, it's going to be 
somebody that's going to fit and not upset it. I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll vet whoever. But and and you know, I'm I'm just a little bit speculating here, what he will do in the offseason because I imagine he wants to start. Is that at Gonzaga? Because now he sat behind two pretty good rosters, or is that somewhere else where he wants a a fresh start? He'll be one to watch in the offseason because. Now we're starting to portal a little bit. We're all, we're starting to get into portal season with mm-hmm. college basketball. As teams that are not playing postseason are, you know, guys are starting to look for a new home. I mean, I went down the rabbit hole of researching BJ Mack yesterday from Wofford, who's not going to stay at Wofford because they don't have a graduate program in his uh, major, which is kind of odd. But, but is that, that see now you're going up against your own advice? You said you're going to live in the moment. You're going to look at big picture stuff when oh, you, it comes time. But now you're starting to you, get into the transfer portal weeds. You, you couldn't avoid that yesterday. No, I'm just saying. I, I I I'm not living the same life you're living. You are living in the current moment of Nebraska. Basketball. Now at least Nebraska will not do this. So when Abdul Massey was here, they chased every Tom, Dick, and Harry that was in the portal. Yes. I mean, I could have yeah. made up a name, put it in the portal, and Abdel Massey would have called me. <laughs> they, 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 they stopped doing that this past last year. Mm-hmm. They, won't, they won't do that. Because every guy, probably for the first two years, you know, Hoiberg's uh, blueprint at Iowa State, for the first couple of years, it seemed every single guy. Yep. He may have been from Timbuktu, Nebraska was interested. Nebraska has reached out. You're like, what are they doing? Yeah. Now they're a little bit more... You know, a little selective. more selective, and yeah. B.J. Mack is kind of like a Derek Walker with a better three-point shot. So, yes, I had a had a look at it, had to do the job. Hey, I wanted to ask you this, speaking of transfer portals, too. Uh, Kyle Lidke saw that he is uh, going to be moving on. Where, where would you where would you see him possibly? Like, and I don't not even necessarily a school, but at what level? Where would you see him at? He, uh, Division two or NAI? That's what I was just going to ask. Okay, I think Kyle wants to play a little bit more. Yeah. It, him, him utilizing his extra COVID year to play somewhere else is not a surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer because he's a fantastic kid from a great family, and he has meant a lot to Omaha basketball. Um, but, I, you know, when you're, when you're at the tail end of your career and you're not going to play professional basketball, you want to play somewhere where you're going to play a lot. Mm-hmm. He can still stroke it. He can still shoot it. Uh, I, I would hope he stays close. Could you say like a Carney or something? Uh, that would be an option, Northwest yeah. Missouri State. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Coach Irwin out in Fremont, who, yeah. who recruited him when he was at Creighton yep. Prep. Huh. I mean, it was, you know, it's. I mean, I knew it was coming, um, but you know, when you see a player that you know well and they send out the the tweet, yeah. with, you know, still kind of hits you. Sure, but he's gonna he's gonna finish out the spring. Um, you know, he's got he's already graduated, so. I think he'll stay. He'll stay around here. I hope he does. I hope he goes somewhere where he can play a lot, yeah. puts up a lot of points, and and wins. You know, I, his biggest goal was to get to the NCAA tournament. Of course, it didn't work out. Um, but man, he had a he had a huge impact on Omaha basketball. Uh, Eight nineteen. John Fanta has a huge impact on basketball. He is basketball. He'll join us from MSG on the opening day of the Big East tournament. A Big Ten tournament starts tonight. Nebraska plays at about eight o'clock against Minnesota as a five and a half point favorite. Five and a half, six, wherever you get your number. Um, but if you go to FanDuel, it's five and a half against a team that Nebraska has already beaten twice uh, this year. It is a win or go home. And for Nebraska's case, if they if they don't win, the season's over. They're done. They're not going to the NIT. They're not doing any of that stuff. So get to 17, Fred, and then we'll talk tomorrow about Maryland. It's mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone.